everyone. My name is Joshua Gilliland, attorney blogger on the eDiscovery blog, Bowtie Law, and with Jessica Meterson on The Legal Geeks. Today, I have with me Noah Blum, who is a senior forensic analyst at Advanced Discovery in Los Angeles, to help me understand how to collect Gmail in a forensic and defensible manner. Noah, how are you today? Doing great. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us. I know you're extremely busy, and this is it's a lot of fun to be able to talk about how do we do this, because this is one of those questions yeah. that freak people out. Yeah. Noah, just so you know, I saw two cases this year so far, one in March and one in April, and the March case was from Minnesota, and the April case was from the Southern District of New York dealing with collecting Gmail. And the New York case, which is Sexton v. Lee Cavier, uh, it's a producing party argued it was impossible to produce Gmail because it was a cloud solution. So their production solution was to forward the emails to the requesting party. And in the Minnesota case, the producing party claimed the cloud email was not in a reasonably usable form, or excuse me, reasonably accessible, and wanted cost shifting to the requesting party for production. Both arguments in both cases lose, and both are ordered to produce in a reasonably usable form, and the courts went into saying what that was. But let's get into the nuts and bolts of, if somebody came to you and said, we have Gmail and we need to go get it, or via Yahoo Mail or any other cloud solution. Uh, what are the different ways to go out and collect that cloud email? Well, there there are a, a few specific that a lot of uh, forensic examiners or people who do the collection and are trained to do the collections uh, utilize. Um, one is a, a program called uh, Transcend Migrator. Um, another would could be Aid for Mail is one program. There's another called Mailchimy. Um, and then there's good old Outlook, uh, Microsoft Outlook. And uh, what the programs that I um, stated just before, a lot of them will do more, help you with more of the processing than the collecting, even though the tools have now gotten better at collections. Um, as an example, I use Transcend Migrator when I am doing uh, targeted specific uh, collections for, let's say, example would be a Gmail account. Um, I'm allowed, you know, I'm able to connect to the account and just choose that specific folder. We can't get as far as collecting specific emails, but I'm able to choose the specific folder and then collect that way. Um, the other main way that we utilize is Outlook. As, as most people who've used a, a computer in an office environment and in Windows and on a Mac computer, um, I'm sure have used Microsoft Outlook. I've been using it for years. I've used my Gmail accounts, Yahoo email accounts, and any other email account I've ever had to um, access my email that way. And with it, you are able to use a, a type of a setting which is called an IMAP setting, which will allow when uh, you are collecting the email, the email to stay up in the cloud or in that person's account or Yahoo account or Gmail account, whatever it may be, 
and all it's downloading is, is an exact duplicate with all the metadata and all the pertinent information, uh, the header and the body of the email that's, you know, specific that what somebody would need in a, in a case or any type of an investigation. And so with Outlook, you are able to, again, collect certain folders, collect everything, set different settings on how you want it, and the best part about it is it creates a, a PST file, a personal storage file, which is the file that's created by Outlook or my, the Microsoft program when you first uh, initially create an account, email account. And so that file is also a lot easier for people to ingest into their e-discovery programs that they're using, like could be uh, Relativity or, or any of the other programs out there. And there's another option too, which is an OST file, which is an offline storage file that can be created um, too as, a, as another format where you're literally, it's just downloading all of the email information, folders, it, it keeps the structures just how you would see it uh, in your email programming. And really that's the, the basic tools that people will use to collect. And that is extremely helpful to hear because a lot of attorneys and clients, when they are faced with a request for production, there are many who just kind of throw up their hands and go like, well, that's not possible to go do. And I mean, for me, this highlights the importance of engaging with somebody like you and going, how do we do this technically and making it not sound like magic. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the simplest thing to that is, is what I will just tell a, a client, you know, and specifically the attorney when we're talking to them, is, yes, we can collect it, and this is how easy it is. So for a Gmail account or a Yahoo email account or, or those other cloud-based accounts, just give me the, the email address and the password for that account. And... I'll go about my business and collect the data and I'll let you know when it's done. And it's as simple as that. Now, with that methodology, could you do a targeted collection or is it a bulk collection? Well, specifically, we, we will always do a bulk collection uh -huh. um, because you want to, you know, you want to get a snapshot in time, which is the, you know, the idea behind it all. So that you can say as, you know, attorney who is representing Noah Blum, um, you know, will get all of my email, everything, so that there's a snapshot in time of what was collected. So we could say, you know, on May 9th, we collected Noah Blum's email, and here you go. So that this way, when you go to court, nobody can fight that or argue that you know, saying that, oh, something could have been changed on, you know, the 10th or the 11th or anything like that. No, it was collected on the 9th. Now, when you want to get into targeted, you can, but it would have to be folder specific. So an example would be under my inbox, I'll have a number of folders created for, you know, people I work with, like my boss or, or a case folder where I have, you know, case specific folders for all the different cases or investigations I may work on. Now, with certain programs like, example, Transcend Migrator, which I talked about before, um, 
you know, I just did a collection with a Gmail account and they, it was just one specific folder that there were 215 emails in. And I connected to the account, chose that specific folder and collected it and was literally done in, I don't know, about five minutes it took to collect it all. And because it's so small, now there are types of collections where people never delete any email and I've collected accounts that have 200,000 plus emails in them. And, you know, they could have be many different folders and directories of different information and they may not know where specific stuff will reside. And when things like that occur, we say, let's just collect everything. This way we don't have to worry about it. And then if somebody knows where everything is or puts everything into a folder, like somebody like me or maybe like you or, or anybody else out there who organizes their email, we can then target that specific email folder, not the email itself, because the programs don't go that far, uh, or at least yet they don't. And, you know, it's so it's folder specific. Well, that is extremely helpful to understand. Are you seeing more of these types of collections just because so many people use cloud-based email now? Yes. It's, um, it's, inter it's very interesting. Uh, working at the, you know, various companies that I have and over the years where you see the, you know, types of email collections that were done, where now it's literally, you know, I could say 75 to 85% of all the email collections are cloud-based. Uh, well, that makes sense when you think about the number of iPhones and Androids and other smartphones out there where people have connected to a cloud account and they're yeah. e emailing throughout the day or in the middle of the night. It's just, it's, it's all over. So, yeah. Now, how long, you know, in theory, you know, you're filling out an affidavit when we get to, you know, the, the court stage of being able to explain how things were done in a defensible manner. Generally, what goes into those affidavits and how long are they? Um, well, you know, it, it really it depends because, you know, the, the section just on, you know, how we collected this person's email account could be very small. You know, because we could just say, this is what we did, this is the information that we were given, and, you know, here's A, B, C, and D, and that's it. And that's all we did for that specific portion. Um, you know, one of the key things is that no matter what, you know, we do as forensic examiners is we never go outside the scope of what we are looking for. You know, if we come across information in our investigation, well, then we bring it up to the attorney or who's ever, you know, asked us to investigate into this, you know, person's computer or email account, whatever it may be. So, you know, really if it's outside of a scope, then, you know, we wouldn't really worry about it. If it's in, then we would. Fascinating. So let's talk about some of the risks for people, you know, who are collecting this improperly, you know, the forwarding the email to the opposing side, or, you know, printing everything as a PDF, you know, I know what's going to be missing from those, but, uh, you know, could you enlighten our audience on what are the risks of doing that sort of production? Yeah. Well, anytime that you are forwarding an email, for example, you're changing the date and time or the metadata 
per se of that email. And so that's one issue. Another issue is that it's not forensically sound to forward emails because of, you know, metadata one, two, when forwarding somebody could have changed something in the email or, you know, changed words so that something could be, you know, it might be different than what was originally sent. And then, you know, the idea of printing it is that's fine if you want to print it, but again, there's no metadata. There's no other information that comes with the email, like header information of where the email came from, from, you know, who, dates and time, subject matter. Some of that could be printed, but not all of it would show up. And so <clears throat> it's, you know, it's one forensically sound, you know, to collect email in this way. And two, that this way when you go to court, nobody's going to throw it out and saying that evidence was tampered with or this is not forensically sound evidence and so it's not admissible. And I agree with that and that's what I would argue as well. So in closing, what are your best practices you would recommend in collecting a cloud-based email account? Well, first off, if you are not a trained examiner uh, or somebody that's trained in the idea of computer forensics, I, I wouldn't do it. I would leave it alone and contact somebody who does do it and knows how to. Because this way you don't, you know, lack of a better term, shoot yourself in the foot. And you know, you've seen it time and time again where uh, somebody, you know, at a company, their company's in litigation and they have to collect this email and the IT person says, oh, I can do it. And, you know, let's say accesses everybody's email accounts and just starts collecting, you know, forwarding those emails or, or copying them out to something and saying, oh, here you go. Um, you know, they're not proper methods that have been followed, one, and two, that they're methods that have not been used ever in, in the idea of how the courts look at what is okay and what's not okay. Um, you know, it's the same thing with printed documents. You know, it used to be okay many, many years ago, but now with the idea of computers and metadata, they want to collect the file electronically so that all of this data is intact. And then, you know, utilizing the proper tools when collecting this information is also needed because this way you know something is done in a proper format and that you're able to ingest it into any ESI tool that you may have or you're utilizing, um, or even the idea of just bringing it up in your Outlook and searching through emails or, or you know, something like that. Um, you know, collecting it in the manner that we've talked about is, is you know, theoretically the only way because this way it gives you the results that you want ultimately. I agree. And you have beautifully highlighted why I encourage people to get an expert, to go talk to a geek and go, how does this work? How do we do this in a defensible manner? Because the judges want to hear from experts like you and being able to go, so that's what it is. That's how we go out and do this. Uh, and, it, and it takes somebody like you with an affidavit and the knowledge to do it correctly and then educate the court on why something was done and why it's in a uh, defensible manner or in a forensically sound manner. So uh, thank you so much for your time. And if you want to 
learn more about Advanced Discovery and, and NOAA's services at Advanced Discovery, check out advancediscovery.com or follow them on Twitter at ADV Discovery on Twitter. So, Noah, thank you for your time and hope all is well in Los Angeles. Great. Thank you.